Welcome to the Inky Comet, a collection of nuanced conversations about the Black experience. I'm your host, Nia Marie. On this podcast, we explore topics that empower, educate, and illustrate the necessity for honest conversations about being Black, all with the aim of reaching personal liberation and challenging systems of oppression. As my dear friend Tyler recently said, we are in the midst of a Black renaissance. Similar to the giants who came before us, we are reflecting, discussing, envisioning, and manifesting more. And in turn, we are creating a reality that is different from what is currently present. In this episode, Antoinette and I discuss what it means for Black people to actively own our culture and intentionally create art with a specific vision of the future in mind. Please enjoy A Love Letter to Black Futures. Question. What do you think W.E.B. Du Bois pictured in the future for Black people in 1990? Even Langston Hughes, during the like Harlem Renaissance, we're in Harlem right now. Do mm-hmm. I wonder if any of the Black Harlemites that were walking down the street ever just sat and thought, okay, where would we be in 1990? How do my actions today help us get there as a people? I'm sure. I'm sure they thought about those things and had those conversations because a lot of their work was for us. Yeah. Their contributions definitely are timeless, which I think is amazing. And that's the kind of the work that I want all of us to do is like timeless work that will impact those that are going to come after us. And hopefully that'll encourage and inspire those in the future. Hello, future people. (laughs) That... (laughs) That, like, you know, regardless of, of the circumstances, we're still able to have, find joy and create things that benefit us, so. Right? Mm-hmm. And it, you're right. It was so future-focused. There was no way that they were writing the books that they were writing, that James Baldwin was having the lectures that he was having. And every time they did anything that they were doing, they always knew that they weren't going to see the fruits of their labor in that year or even in their lifetime. And that's so interesting to think and really reflect on where they were at that time advocating and fighting for black rights and black people and how they stayed hopeful because this is kind of different from what we're here to talk about right now but I'm just like reflecting Mm. on day-to-day basis I often at times that has been perhaps my like biggest challenge of the past two years has been not being discouraged that in of itself is like a form of activism (laughs) (laughs) do not be discouraged child yeah not being discouraged and keeping and keeping it pushing it's like truly been a whole thing and so it's just crazy to me that people who came before us had so much had so much less than we were yeah and what it appears and perhaps they did such a phenomenal job it just seems like they were still able to accomplish so much and intentionally creating and pushing us and furthering us along Mm -hmm. and it makes me think about sometimes is our work right now do we have a clear enough vision of what we're trying to create or are we just sometimes am I just like putting out fires as I see them and that's why I think this conversation right now is helpful for me because I want to stop putting out fires I want to stop being react reactionary to whiteness and white people to trauma to what has happened to us collectively and I want to be more, I want to design my life. I'm trying, girl, you see me with my, yeah, I'm trying beautiful. to decide, thank you. I'm trying to be more active and design my life. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking like, dang, Harlem, I hear you. <laughs> wow. Every day. At least it's that and not the like motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's coming. But anyways, I just want us to be more intentional about like, we as black people, we have so much time and space right now to create 
um, a culture and create a reality for ourselves. And up until this point, hip hop, gospel, like rock and roll, so many things that have come out of our community and these expressions, the TikTok trends, yeah. they literally are, are organic expression perhaps created out of boredom, created out of like expressing and making meaning of the pain in our day-to-day -day life. And it's like, what what could we create if we put some intention behind that, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Even more impactful beauty and joy and like all things. I think what I love about that type of like approach through, for example, again, like these TikTok trends we're seeing, a lot of these dances that are coming out of the platform, a lot of the creators, black creators on that platform are really setting the standard. They're setting trends, even though they could be acknowledged better on that platform. Um, I'd, I'm just here for them, like literally creating their own world in that space, despite the fact that they don't get the support that they need from the said platforms or like what should be the benefits like a career, spon sponsored sponsorships from brands and things like that. Or featuring you on Jimmy Fallon, yeah, right? Because exa you made the dance. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> things like that. We got to do better in that regard. But despite those challenges, like they still are able to really like do the damn thing on yeah. that platform. I'm so here for it. Right. And that's like the story of us as black people. I'm just like wondering how, is there any type of cultural agreements that we could create with each other that could help protect our like expressions of art forms mm -hmm. or like at just different points or could just set more like intentional boundaries, boundaries yeah, around boundaries, it, right? Yeah. Like perhaps what we create isn't for everyone. Like I think as black people and like our history and like our continent, like Mother Africa, literally her resources are being ripped out still. her people just still. from still to this <laughs> yeah. day and how that's such a metaphor for even how we like walk this earth perhaps we don't want to give so much anymore perhaps we just want to create for ourselves and we have we understand the value of ownership and holding shit close to our hearts yeah yeah <laughs> because it's ownership not for everybody is the key here. it is so it mm -hmm. is so key for everybody yeah how could we shift our culture and create more like shifting to our relationships and I'm gonna first start with our relationships across the diaspora which we've talked about yeah but we need to continue to talk about because yeah. I think that's what our biggest opportunity is in terms of you know there's force in numbers <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're literally everywhere which is amazing and we're creating dope things everywhere and thanks to platforms like the internet, social media platforms, we're able to kind of look past what has held us back in terms of like our, our perceived ignorance, our preconceived notions, these external entities wanting us to be separated. Like we've really done a number on reconnecting, which I think is amazing. I think we could, we should continue that. Yes. And I think, what was your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, yeah, no, this is, if we're designing our culture and we're being more intentional about trying to design a future mm -hmm. for our descendants and mm -hmm. folks the African diaspora. Like, what could we do now? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think almost immediately, I think it's like stopping to sharing harmful narratives about other communities yeah. and seeking to more understand, right? Yeah. So growing up as a black American, we've talked about this again, but hearing harmful, hearing and repeating harmful narratives about black and African immigrants from other countries and otherizing their experience mm -hmm. when there's clearly there's actually so many so much more similarities between the experiences of each other but then even like when you think about that the differences between like a haitian immigrant right yeah. as opposed to a nigerian immigrant like i think we also sometimes perpetuate those stereotypes mm -hmm. and create more difference when there was probably it'd be more advantageous for us to share like hey 
as black people, we need to just advocate for black immigrants across the board yeah. because they are... Because the struggle is connected. The struggle is connected. Yeah, the struggle world over is connected. And I agree with you 100%. I think part of it is just people have a tendency to be on a binary in that regard. Like, it's either this or that. Like, there's no room for the gray. And I think part of how I try to approach understanding people from um, different aspects of the global African diaspora is just like, how do I approach the said difference? Mm. Am I approaching it from a place of honestly trying to understand it and have more context and things like that? Or am I approaching it from a defensive, like, oh, this is, you know what I mean? Yeah. We need to be off that. And why and, are you <laughs> defensive, too? It's like, so like, counterproductive. Like, like the, the, the urge to be defensive is deliberate. And it's planted, and it's yeah. foreign. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's okay. The fact that you and I have different cultural differences, I think, is a beautiful thing. Same. Right. And then we could even go a level a level further or above whatever y'all know what I mean we could even like take it up a notch in the sense of like okay what is like the root of this said cultural aspect that we're exploring we can trace it back to something you can always trace it back to something and I, th I think that journey that point of discovery is beautiful too yeah. like, and also just realize that like once we do trace it back we figure out how it's like ultimately a circle because that exchange is still happening and we're still seeing it in different ways i always talk about it through like the lens of music and art and stuff like that yeah we're, we're already seeing it like it's 2021 and people thought afro beats was going to be a trend <laughs> But any sort of pop song you're hearing on the radio now is that underbelly is there. Yo, let's talk about it. Yo, can we talk about can we talk about the shift? Can we talk about how Afrobeats coming out of West Africa is just dominated? Mm -hmm. I remember starting High like, Life. Shout like, out to when I was yeah, studying around and got like love it has its own like it's still there too. Like Hi if if there would be no Afrobeats without highlights, right? There would be no like even if if we want to even step outside of like the stuff we're hearing now in our like current times if we're talking about Fela like he was influenced by funk mm. too he was he was he initially started out as a high life artist um and he's also a jazz musician super talented like instrumental instrumental instrumentalist <laughs> what's that word <sighs> Instra. it's a tongue twister wow <laughs> He spent some time with James Brown in the 70s, and then he also became a lot Can more you like. I know. <laughs> Lit. Yeah, because you know global <laughs> tours were happening. Yo. Like Zaire, the the fight in the early 70s in Zaire between like Muhammad Ali and stuff. It ha there's a whole like music festival that happened in the Congo, and you know Celia Cruz was there. Um, super famous salsa bands were there. Everybody was there. It was it was lit. So like that type of cultural exchange is nothing new right but i just think it's amazing that we're still able to have that you yeah. know and then we have that as a reference but like the fact that we're, we're itching to connect with each other musically is literally just us continuing that legacy right. you know i wonder do we have as much there we go Harlan. there we go <laughs> do we have as much 
grace for each other as they did then. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking um, about like I think would it depends. Be able and it's good because I think even like Cardi B going last year to the Ghana. Yeah, she went to Ghana. She went to Nigeria. She went to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. She went to both. I thought that was good. Just seeing her like going in good faith. It was a great, much better than Black China's trip. <laughs> much better. I'm sorry. I just had to. I just sorry. I decided man, I could not do it. But you know what I mean? She's actually going there to like celebrate and goodwill. And I just I'm just wondering if we you know could still have like that type of exchange and not like a competition right yeah because yeah. i think i mean the music just feels more competitive now too yeah Is yeah there's that always by, that level of competition yeah right unfortunately and, and even yeah. thinking about that like when i think about the lyrics and nature of rap especially hip-hop do you think that that com- that competitive nature is that like a a natural expression of our art of who we are or is that also like is the the arrogance for lack of a better term that we sometimes exude in music that is sometimes exuded is that a coping mechanism or is that genuine art i think it's art i think there's always different um devices rappers use when whenever they're they approach their lyrics and one of which is bravado yes Bravado! I swear I can I can speak, y'all. I'm just this is the second. It's all right. Yeah. We're doing a marathon. Bravado. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. it's a it's a character. It's a persona that they're that they're kind of like unpacking with through their lyricism. Yeah. And yeah, I think especially when we talk about um, or when we think about where where hip hop came from and how it evolved, like battle rap was like a thing. Yeah. So you had to you had to come with your with your chest out if you weren't gonna get got like get embarrassed in front of a whole crowd. You know what I mean? And yeah. lose. Like yeah. there's there's that whole dynamic that you can definitely see in hip hop still. But yeah. To your question is like, but when we see that that same sentiment in other genres that are white dominated, we don't come at them like, oh, you know what I mean? So it's just like, why can't we? Yeah. Be, I guess I was mostly just yeah. thinking because for me it's like the same tone. Yeah. There's like and there's like the lack of And you're talking the about like the type of rap we're hearing on the radio. Yeah, I'm okay. just saying the type of type of rap that we're hearing on the radio right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And like mainstream rap. Mm. And there are there's just not many different tones that were like there's in not messages. Diver- diversity in messaging. There's not diversity in messaging I hear at you. all. And I think especially because I was thinking about this more and the conversation is shifting, and that's okay. <laughs> because I'll just because I think this is a good conversation about culture and what is happening out of hip-hop and just popular music Mm -hmm. but if we're using music as you know a way that ancestors communicate Mm -hmm. lay the foundation share larger ideas and values about a group of people what are the messages like how are how is mainstream music right now cultivating tomorrow Mm. and even thinking about the music that we were listening to when we were younger Mm -hmm. and this and i love hip-hop i'm not like hating on hip-hop or rap or any of those things but again i'm just thinking about intentionally creating music that pushes us further along if we are if we are continuing to engage with music right now and in messages that are so shallow and surface level yeah. that they just make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Like what feel else? Music, Do we yeah. have any more depth? Mm-hmm. Is there space for depth? Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. like more depth. I don't know what depth looks like. Yeah, and I don't know. It's wild because I, that's definitely happening. But what's unfortunate is that that's not what quote unquote sells. I mean, that's always the issue, right? Yeah. It's all, I mean, that, and the fact that we still have to acknowledge that now is kind of wild yeah but you know there there's so many other people we could turn to for that i think for me i don't have a car so i'm not really listening to the radio like yeah, that that's true so i seek out what 
the kind of content that I want like my brain to absorb yeah. and I feel like a lot of us are in that space yeah. and can kind of decipher like yeah. this is definitely just for the radio like payola whatever mm -hmm. and then there are actual like artists who are trying to do that for us for yeah. sure no for sure mm -hmm. no it's true and I guess that's perhaps always the dynamic right mm -hmm. like you know, um, Lupe Fiasco loved Lupe at different times. He was not someone that always was like on the radio playing. Or, you know, even Kendrick Lamar, mm -hmm. just like some of his tracks were always on the radio. Mm -hmm. So that is like a continued dynamic. So I guess, you know, shifting a bit, is there value for us as black people to stop like endorsing the people that we are to the extreme, like to the level that we are because of like their messaging mm -hmm. or does it not like, does it not matter? Is this, is this something that if we engage, like if we were intentional about maybe shifting the messaging in our culture and our, the messaging in our art, could that help show up or would that show up in our values or whatnot in different places of, of how we interact with each mm -hmm, other mm -hmm, right like could mm -hmm. it improve our relationships between black men and black women mm -hmm. if we shifted the messaging around relationships yeah. in music yeah definitely yeah because music is definitely the go-to tool vessel for people for things to click for people yeah. so i definitely think it can be used used more bene beneficially in that regard yeah yeah then let's do it, people. Yeah, we can do more of it. We just gotta do more, and you know, maybe even challenge those that kind of like have influence as to what's on the radio to kind of like step outside the status quo a little bit and give yeah. space for the artists that are doing that work. Yeah, and also supporting the platforms that they use that might not be like the the, the stereotypical like outlets that we engage you know what i mean yeah. because they have they've had, they've had to find alternative ways to get their stuff out there because yeah. it sounds the, yeah the current system just isn't for them yeah the and algorithm y'all is yeah rigged. yeah but i don't know like i'm on spotify all the time like i'm on soundcloud a lot too still and i come across some dope 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 stuff so yeah. it's possible it's just going take some it's gonna take a while and like take a while i think it also shifts between the culture that we're passing down and creating it's like how can we make it more altruistic and communal yeah instead of individualistic yeah community. and like how in community like mm -hmm. how can we be grounded in the 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 dynamics and the tools that we used in our survival and surviving these like horrendous conditions whether mm -hmm. it's like colonialism or just slavery mm -hmm. apartheid mm -hmm. whatever it is in terms of how we've experienced it across the globe um how can we now be more intentional in terms of not just using it as a way to escape but also to you know thrive and create messages and ways of being that mm -hmm. is more rooted in liberation mm -hmm. and not escapism because yeah. i think that with these materialistic and capitalist ideas, what we're actually going after is escaping our condition yeah. rather than fixing or liberating, being, like, being liberated by it. I think, it, I think it's just different. I I think mean, it, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a real question. It's a real question. And like, what, what does it look like to, cause people like in my mind, I'm like, I know people who would say there's room for both. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> but are we, is it, are they still at the same level? of reach i don't know i don't i wouldn't say they are yeah yeah it also is for me though too again like intentional is the word of the fucking decade yeah yeah because yeah. it's like you need to make conscious we 
have to make conscious decisions and we can't afford to ever be as content and asleep as a lot of y'all motherfuckers were before last summer right <laughs> right we literally can't afford it there's no excuse anymore. we literally can't afford it like the war on us in terms of stripping our voting rights across the country yeah. a lot of other scary shit that's just like too scary to be repeated right now and is anxiety inducing yeah like that's why we, I, I hate to bring everything back to these deep things, but it has to be deep. We have to return to like spirit into the core of all these things. Otherwise, we're going to be like swept in the nonsense and we, we see it. It's, I mean, it is happening. So that's why I just, we need to have some intentional conversations about why being black is important to us yeah. and why it's something that we want to maintain and why mm -hmm. it's something we want to protect and why our histories are something that we want to share with our children and why, you know, being a descendant in slavery is nothing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. Why our tight coils are nothing to be ashamed of. They're mm -hmm. to be celebrated. Half the world wants it. Stop changing your nose. Yeah. Stop changing your butt. I'm sorry, but like, honestly, somebody has to say it. Like, mm -hmm. if you are changing and making modifications to yourself because of a capitalistic standard of beauty, then perhaps your reasons for doing it aren't rooted in something solid. <laughs> Preach. Like, That's a word. you know what? I mean, beyond choice, beyond freedom of will, freedom of fucking thought. Where did that thought come from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that rooted in yourself? Mm -hmm. Is that rooted in your people? I'm sorry, that was a whole tangent. But again, I'm just thinking about maintaining culture and ideas. And like, for me, it's also, you know, how do we maintain, yeah, how do we just maintain our, our sense of selves mm -hmm. and like not let that be distorted? Sorry, I feel like this conversation is going everywhere, but I like it. And I like it too. Explain it more and just like I feel like it still it still connects to us trying to imagine what the future looks like, right? So, what would it look like? What would music videos look like <laughs> in fifty years? Oh, this is funny. What would like a twenty, like a hot nineteen twenty year old, nineteen through twenty two, man or female, like whoever, man, female, non binary performer, black performer. I that's a good question because I've noticed. Man or woman? I said female. <laughs> I, I've noticed that some of the music videos that I come across here and there, especially from like younger millennial Gen Z artists, they're going back to eras that they weren't even alive in, like the '90s and mm -hmm. the '80s, sometimes even the '70s too. And that that's a whole like millennia ago. So I'm just curious, is like. Are people still going to be referencing the past? Yeah. Even though we're at the same time, like there's still some like dystopian futuristic imagery that we're seeing as well, like Afrofuturist Im imagery. Like, are we going to kind of push that to another level? Are we going to be actually living in that type of world 50 years from now? I don't know. Yeah. I just wouldn't be surprised ultimately if they just continue to reference the past. Yeah. We have a tendency to do that. No, I mean, what's old is new again yeah. forever. Like, nothing's new under the sun. It's all cyclical. That's true. I guess I would hope, at the very least, the faces would be dark brown. Yeah. <laughs> it would yeah. be darker, and like, I think across the dope, whole inclusive of the But spectrum. what's dope is, you know, outside of, of the imagery that is just unoriginal and still perpetuates that colorist BS, there are artists that are mad intentional about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I guess embodied positivity. Yeah, too. body yeah. positivity, like spectrum of skin tone, mm -hmm. celebrating dark skin. Mm -hmm. I want to see more of that. That has to be normalized, mm -hmm. if anything. You no, know, I think non-hetero, hetero relationships. Yeah, and dynamics. Like, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that that has to be. I'm. I literally pray that's normalized fifty years from now. Yeah. 
shit, shit that we make a big deal of that really shouldn't be because people should just be able to exist and yeah. live their truth and how d- diverse and dynamic that is. Like, it shouldn't bother people. No. <laughs> I would say in terms of the messaging of it, this is going to be more controversial. Two things. So in terms of, like, the performers and the people, I would pray that they feel like they are, you know, they're expressing themselves however they want to express themselves in. And I would hope that we are beyond messages that are shallow and deal with, like, materialism yeah. and are really more about getting at the core of, like, the more advanced and beautiful things about being human. Yeah. Like, joy. Joy, And, yeah. like, really feeling community. community and creativity. You know, beyond money, because I think money is, like, has been such an easy topic. It's just so, it's just so lazy. It's yeah. just so lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want us to have just not lazy things. I would love for the music to be expressing joy outside, just joy. Mm -hmm. And like, if we can capture joy in music outside of money, and I think we already do like, Mm -hmm. Happy Feelings by Maze is joy in a song for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? But I don't know, just like outside, just more of that I think would be good, outside of just materialism. And I would like for artists to really be on journeys expressing with their art rather than a journey of like staying relevant and feeling a pressure to look a certain way because they feel like that's the only way for yeah, them to be relevant. Or they feel like they have to be packaged yeah. in a certain... Yeah, I agree with you. And I would love for it to be based on talent and mm-hmm. not ability to market and sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that too. That too. I'm just like, if we're going to talk... If we're, if we're manifesting here, yeah. these are just all... This is all the shit like, that I would just do. Really about being a marketing ploy it's about the art in and of itself and the quality of mm-hmm. it right like mm-hmm. is this good art and mm-hmm. not so much oh you cute we can sell this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. right and like then this person then has to get a whole bunch of plastic surgery to look do, for the look certain you know way, what I mean yeah. or like to look a certain way to be successful the but sound has to be a certain way that's not even like true to that person Exactly. Mm-hmm. With the world becoming smaller mm-hmm. and borders becoming even more invisible with like the internet and social media, blackness is, there is a deep, I don't know, the experience, our history is so large and deep that that will forever be unchanged. But I just wonder how our ideas of each other and ourselves will change and shift as those borders begin to like disappear and we begin to acknowledge more similarities between our experiences i hope that empowers us to actually create new systems that and create new worlds (laughs) we need we need it because it's not working (laughs) scared it's not it's not it's not working it's not working so we need definitely i would want to imagine that kind of future where we're given the space to actually create that yeah because there's always going to be pushback yeah and sometimes that pushback comes at at the at the cost of loss of life loss of um being able to have homes you know what i mean like you already know what i'm gonna say (laughs) the isms It's just detrimental. It is detrimental. And it's just like, we need a whole new system, y'all. Four years ago, maybe five years ago at my last job, I would always talk about like, I don't want to work anymore. Can we think beyond? I'm still not trying to work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it a bug. Yo, I remember people looking at me like, Mia, you're going on your crazy tangents. But I'm like, why do we have billions of people on the whole planet? And the best idea that any of us fucking have is to work for the majority of our lives. I don't believe that that is the best that we can come up with as humans. So, 
I hope y'all people in 50, 60 years mm. have a whole other beautiful <laughs> interpretation mm. of what it means to be human and what this experience could look like. We yeah. literally, this is what we're doing we with our time on Earth. live to work. I, and it's crazy. I was talking about this with my homegirls last night about this. Like, we're literally living to work. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It's so shallow and meaningless and not yeah. connected to spirit or anything like spiritual. And as black women, like, we really bust our ass out here for pennies. Girl, <laughs> we do an emotional so, labor. We do a physical. So Mio, I'm tired. I am tired, man. I'm tired. Yeah. And I also want to just have some more fun and do yeah. something else sometimes. Like I don't know. I just hope that y'all in the future, come on, people <laughs> in the future, you know, you guys got work to do. Yeah. Nah, because we can't. We can't live like this. We can't live like that. We laying it down for you mm -hmm. and being joyful too, despite it all. Oh yes, I would also love for us to be so prideful, kind of going back to the diaspora, yeah. just so prideful in who we are. Mm -hmm. So much pride, because I think right now, we're proud of it, but we don't have that pride. Mm -hmm. You know, like I want us to have so much pride in all things black, all aspects of our culture, all the things right now that are never cool until they're put on the internet and they're cool again. Mm -hmm. I want us to own those things. Mm -hmm. I don't want other people to, I also, in 50 years, I want other folks to stop engaging and putting on other people's aspects of people's culture like it's a mask and it's something for them to play with. Yeah. I want us to hold the practices and the ways that we engage with each other more sacred. Yeah. And I want us, because I think that, yeah, I just feel like we just need to be, we just, they should just be more sacred. I know, I agree with you, 100%. And because like, we it's, it's cool, like, stuff. you can, for folks that are outside of our community, it's okay to engage with it, but just understand and check yourself like this is not yours thank you right it's not yours yeah. and also it could probably be empowering for all of us yeah. to have a better understanding of who we are and to be better rooted in our you know historical cultural traditions right beyond racism and pillaging the world mm -hmm. but <laughs> don't tap into that yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure they got some good stuff in, you know, Western Europe. And honestly, they do. <laughs> the few times I did go to Europe, I ate good. Like, the food was banging. Yeah, Spain. The food in Spain is amazing. Oh. Like, I remember I went to Italy when I was a kid with my mom. Like, we ate really well. Yeah. So, you know. I did see a TikTok about this, too. Oh, what was it? Just how detrimental the Anglicanized notion of whiteness erases culture that is deemed white quote-unquote when it really isn't hmm. like what for example you know how in certain certain cultures in europe they they take a lot of pride in their woven arts and crafts like there's certain patterns that mean certain things yeah. like what men wear what, what women wear again food like language music all those things that like we take pride in as black people they exist yeah in these spaces but because they came to america and the whole notion of, of race and whiteness had to have been a thing they lost that they lost that legacy yeah so what exactly do they have to cling on to it's just this watered down gray ambiguous notion of whiteness you know we all came from somewhere so yeah, Yo, white there's levels. All of us. It literally does. I think. I think ultimately, that's what that TikTok was was saying. That yeah. like white supremacy hurts you too. Yeah. Because you lost. Y'all lost some shit too. Y'all lost your own cultural so, heritage, yeah. right? And the whole notion of certain communities coming here, like how the Irish weren't treated well at some mm -hmm. point, the Italians weren't treated well at some point, but once the they, Polish weren't treated. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is like they had to switch things up, assimilate. That assimilation was damaging and detrimental. Yeah. 
So for this false narrative yeah. that again hurts everybody mm-hmm. and most importantly hurts the environment. Yeah. I mean, not most importantly, but also it's like if we don't save the environment, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes, this is good. This is good. Any last parting words? Um, well, I feel like if you're a black creator, if you're just like a black person, period, like the fact that you exist is futuristic in and of itself. Yo. So keep it up. Keep fighting the good fight by just existing. <laughs> Yo, keep fighting the good fight exists. And also finding your like your joy in your yeah. day-to-day life. Like yeah. joy right now is a legit it's a literal, revolutionary act. It's a superpower. Thank you for listening to Thinky Comet. If you are enjoying the podcast, subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Inky Comet to continue the conversation. Also, be sure to check out the Inky Comet soundtrack on Spotify. Until next time, be encouraged. Yeah.